Headliner Radio, the creative voice. A very warm welcome to the Big Listen on Headliner Radio. Today I'm joined by front of house engineer Carl Hamilton, who's worked with some massive names in music, including Janet Jackson, Usher, Rihanna, Kendrick Lamar, Pharrell Williams and many more. Carl, welcome to the show, man. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. How are you today, sir? Yeah, I'm all good, man. I'm all good. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be chatting to you today. Uh, where are you joining us from, Carl? I'm joining you from Center Stage Rehearsal Studio in Burbank, California, where I'm uh, currently doing some rehearsals with uh, Doja Cat. Hey, nice. Nice. Is that for a is that for a tour? Is that for kind of like a one off show? Uh, we we have a host of one off sh- dates and then uh, doing jingle balls towards the end of the year. So right now it's just basically like a really listen just you know a host of a uh, weekend warrior kind of kind of shows. Nice, nice. And how is it all going over there? Are, th- are things kind of uh, you know like with the pandemic? Are things kind of going? back to normal is, is the show at full capacity or, or not yet uh, uh pan, what pandemic everything <laughs> is wide open i mean right now i'm literally juggling three artists at the same time wow. one would be doja cat i have doja cat this week next week i have lizzo and then the following week i have usher so it's like literally when and i just finished usher this past weekend so every every next the, the following week is a different client wow so, so it's like everybody every, everybody's trying to go out at the same time but fortunately the dates are falling every time somebody has an off week my other client has an on week so it's kind of like a perfect leapfrog yeah no that sounds great i mean it's it sounds like now everything's opened up it's like dominoes isn't it like everyone's just yeah, getting doing their shows everybody's, the <laughs> everybody's trying to get in where they fit in um everybody's trying to recoup all this money that was lost over the past year and a half sure, sure. so so everybody's moving i mean i mean gear you can't even get gear you can't get crew because you know again everybody's busy so i mean this Right now, for the live music world, it's about to be full throttle for a while now. Because everybody's outside. Everybody wants to get out and have a good time. Yeah, so absolutely. For the live world, if you work through weight and salt, you are making plenty of money right now. <laughs> uh, fortunately for you, man. I mean, that's, um, that's good to hear that, that you know, you've, you've got enough to, uh, to keep you busy at the moment. It was, uh, it was a strange time, wasn't it? When, when th- you know, all live events got cancelled or postponed and everyone was out of work but it sounds like it's uh back with a vengeance oh yeah it came back full throttle again like you know last year was the first time i've been i've been in live music for 28 years and last year was the first time i've been home for that duration of time Mm -hmm. and at at least 20 years wow wow and how was how was that was that was it quite nice it was it was it was cool. It was a cool little reset time. Um, we, uh, my my son and I, got a whole lot of bonding time. Uh, we we hung out quite a bit, and nice. you know, other than that, you know, with homeschooling, so I was the, the home teacher. So it was cool, you know, just you know, playing. Picked up a few little new um, sports. Um, picked up um, golf, learning how to play some golf because that was the only thing you could do. Yeah, and went to the and went to the drop shooting range uh, to, to learn how to shoot uh, my, a weapon. So, other than that, you know, it was a lot of 
time of self-reflection and just doing what you do best by yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it, it, it was kind of good it was it was it was, it was like a, a cool reset for me um you know because you know when you work hard like we do we work hard so we can play harder sure so you know it wasn't like i was you know strapped unlike you know a lot of some people you know had it harder than others but i was fortunate to be one that were able to just not you know be stressed out per se yeah 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 that's cool man that's cool um it's good to hear uh now if i go back a little bit carl um i'm curious to know you said you've been doing this for for nearly 30 years now um Mm -hmm. when did you actually start start out mixing sound when was the point when you knew this was uh what you'd be doing for for a career well i kind of knew off the bat what i wanted to do so i went to i went to school of course you know got some 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 theory behind everything as as opposed to just practical application Mm, mm. and um you know but it really got going um in 1994 um starting you know running around the world with different artists you know as as this you know uh the you know the system engineer the the tech the Mm -hmm. one who's just doing a little bit everything the patch guy i was you know set up back line did everything so um it was there where you know i knew what i wanted to do but i had to do the groundwork you know you had to work your way up to where i want where i want to be ultimately today so but it started in 94 and um just doing all the the stuff that people don't want to do get up at 7 a.m well 6 a.m for load ins and you know just mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. everything so you know um i i got my real first break during gospel plays uh okay. as the system engineer and 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 the front of house engineer i was my own tech i was everything so that's where i really cut my teeth and got my chops going, especially learning how to deal with, you know, multiple microphones, feedback and all that other good stuff. Mm-hmm. When you're, when you're in, when you're in a, when you're in a theater setting for, you know, two or three weeks at a time, that's a good way to, you know, learn your craft, tighten up. And then, so when you got to the dates where you have, uh, you know, 18 hours in a venue in and out and off to the next venue, you know, you learn a lot when you're sitting, uh, when you're sitting at a, in a theater for weeks at a time. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely, man. That's, uh, that's cool. I mean, it's interesting that you've, that you've you kind of worked your way up that much. Like when, when was the, the kind of moment when you, you, I suppose you had a, a bit of a breakthrough, when was the first kind of like massive artist that you, that you, that my, you went on my tour first, with? My first breakthrough was when I was graduated from system engineer to front of house, like the mixer. Sure. And that was with yeah. a group called the Isley Brothers. Um, nice. I was a system engineer. I was a system engineer for the, for the, for an engineer named Dob. And one day the tour manager called me and said, Kyle, you ready to mix front of house? And I said, what do you mean? What happened to Dob? He said, I didn't ask you what happened to Dob. <laughs> My question to you is, are you ready to mix front of house? And I said, absolutely. Hell yeah. And did the Isley Brothers, started mixing them. And it was off to the races after that. After after I got my break with the Isley Brothers, yeah. it just, you know, it was, uh, it went from the Isley Brothers to Avant, and then from Avant to Mary J. Blige, and then awesome. from her to everywhere. I mean, it, it was a great scenario. But what happened was, I always say, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. So mm-hmm. when the opportunity presented itself, 
I didn't say, yes, I'm ready and went out there and crashed and crashed and burned. Mm. I went out there and I flourished. And, you know, now I've, I can look back and say all the work, all the groundwork that I did paved the way so that now, you know, I could be that engineer that's not, I wouldn't say a household name, mm -hmm. but I'm very well known in the industry. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and obviously I spoke to, to Kevin at, at the company, uh, at JH, who mm -hmm. um, uh, very kindly arranged this interview for us and said, you know, you're a good friend of his and you're very kind of mm -hmm. well known in the industry, which is absolutely, you know, absolutely right considering some of these names that you've worked with. And Carl, I know you obviously having done this for quite a while now, I know you like to keep things quite versatile at front of house. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about, I guess, about your mix style and your and your general approach to mixing at front of house. So, for example, with you know, with Doja Cat, for example, the the, the tour, you're, the, you know, the shows you're doing at the moment. What's your kind okay. of general general approach? Well, my approach is this. First of all, I mix it from the... I, you always have to do your homework first. So if you don't know your client's, you know, catalog of music, that's where you're going wrong from stunt, from jump. So sure. I would recommend everybody, whoever, whoever you're mixing, you know their catalog and know what their sonic sound is and know what they're doing because, you know, these are hit records for a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm not mixing them from my perspective. I'm mixing them from perspective, what the producer, what the artists were looking for. So therefore, you know, if it's say there's a song that's not guitar heavy, why am I going to make a guitar heavy? That's counterproductive. That's going to get you fired. So I listen to the music <laughs> and then I talk with the MD and say, well, what are your approach? How do you want your drums to sit? Do you want more? Um, do you want more drums that are in, 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 in Pro Tools to be predominant, or do you want you know what you're doing, Dom? So you have these little conversations with with the powers that be who 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 who, who hire you for your expertise, but at the same time, you're there to bring their vision to audio mm -hmm. to make the people remember. So when there's a signature line, the audience here is looking for that piece of music that makes that put them in that emotional state that when they first heard that record like oh that's my joint that's my song mm -hmm. so you always got to keep all those little important pieces dominant and part of the process of what you of what the record is you can't just do it from their perspective because your perspective doesn't mean anything it's perspective of what they did you just re-engineering mm -hmm. their body of music to make it sound like what they presented to the world absolutely yeah 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 and like you say these songs are hits for a reason right so people want to mm -hmm. hit like the crowd want to hear every lyric they want to hear those hooks they want to hear that, that they beat. want it um exactly they yeah. want to hear those signatures them, them signature synth lines they want to hear the guitar solo that may be in the record now what happens is you keep everything true to the record now if the band is doing something that makes it a, a special moment per se mm. you feature those little you feature those little nuances but for the body of music you keep it true to the record with the live feel yeah 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 that's cool that's cool man now i know you're somewhat of a, a jh audio loyalist am i right in saying you're using uh the layla's layla in ears yes i do have a pair of layla's uh I actually got a couple of parallels, to be honest with you. Always good to um, back up. And, and I, you got to have them back up, but I love them. I mean, for me, of course, as a front of house engineer, I'm never using in-ears to mix the show. Sure. But 
for certain situations, like when we're building the show, like my approach is if I if I know my desk is correct, if my desk sounds right, I'm never gonna adjust the mix in my desk. Mm-hmm. I, I I I will adjust things in the room before I touch my console mm-hmm. because when you've been in rehearsal for weeks on end and then you're in a room for, you know, five and a half hours, well, show-wise, 90 minutes, day-wise, maybe five hours of yeah. work total. Whatever things that's going on is not from the console. It's from what's, what is the, it's the, uh, the thing, the little nuances that's happening within your, in your current environment. Mm-hmm. So when I give a two mix to my client, they want it to bang in their headphones, their iPods, their car, their little spe- Bluetooth speaker in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. So why would it make it sound good only in the arena? And then when they get to the to their Bluetooth, which they listen to and rehearse to, sounds terrible. Yeah. yeah. So I use the JHs a lot to, to, to fine tune my mix within the desk and itself in my own environment. So if it's right there, then I know that when I give to the client, it's 100% solid. We list it, and, and everybody's crew from the studio world knows that your car is your primary listening environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if it sounds good in your car, you can have a mix that sounds great on some speakers. You take it to the car, it sounds terrible. So if your mix sounds good in the JHs, sounds good in your car, it's going to be right. Now, if it sounds weird in the arena or stadium, What's the what's the the common denominator? You have to adjust the room, not your console. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I mean, so, I guess essentially what you're saying is like, no matter what uh, acoustic environment you're in, the in ears give you that consistent reference, right? Right, because I know that. I mean, again, you have to know your ears, so not your ears, but your. I mean, your ears as well as your ears, i.e., the IEM. Yeah, yeah. So if you know that. If something if something sounds real bass heavy in there, but then you take them out and then you listen and then not, then you know there's a problem. So with the JHs, the ones that I have, the way that you know I have them set up, very neutral. So if everything has an even balance, and when I take it to any any genre or even for a, a, a live stream that I'm mixing that I have to give in real time. I know that it's going to be true to what my console is, to what I'm giving out to the world versus, yeah, it sounds amazing in these ears. It sounds amazing in the venue. And then to the world, it sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so, so I, I know the, my JHs are like my near fields, except on my head. And I know exactly what they're going to do. And I know what, and I know their response. Mm-hmm. So if the background sound low in the mix on my JHs, that means that the backgrounds probably sound low in the overall mix. So I need to push them up because for me, my the JHs, the layers that I have are are, are fairly true. They, they they add no color. It's true to what I put in to mm-hmm. them. And that's exactly what you need, right? Of course. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's about balance. If the balance is off, <laughs> you got a problem. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now, I want to, before I, I won't keep you much longer, Carl, because I know you're um, busy in rehearsals at the moment. So um, I'm just curious to know, you know, having done uh, some of these huge shows uh, with some of these big names uh, in music, um, you must have some favourite moments 
from out on the road are, are there any tours that you've done that have been particular favorites of yours uh for one reason or another or any any artists that you've that you've worked with who you know just you know really stick in you know memorable moments for you that stick in your mind well i would say this um there's been a few moments where i've had like i looked around like wow like one was when i was with rihanna and she did star de france mm. and she was the only female artist to sell that place out ever at the at the time wow. and by herself without support wow and she was first of all she was a black artist second of all for me, I'm like, I was the, <laughs> I was a black engineer mixing an artist. Who mm-hmm. preferred to, so it was a bunch of firsts. So looking around and seeing 80,000 people for her only was, was, was kind of breathtaking. Like, wow, this is what we're really doing. You just look around seeing people just losing their mind and just having a great time. And the thing that, you know, I'm, I, I'm an extension of that, of that, you know, five piece band on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm that, I'm that sixth band member. 120 feet 200 feet in the audience from from the stage edge like i I, it was it was it was it was blowing mind-blowing for myself that was we know one of the one of my most iconic moments and then the one that really takes the cake is um what happened to be with the isley brothers Mm. and well, this is when SARS was going on another pandemic but everybody was sick early 2000s right yeah, we did a show in Canada for five hundred thousand people. Wow! On an air fo- on an air force base. Wow! <laughs> and 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 I have a picture of that hanging on my house on my on my wall from from the show. Um, there was an aerial shot of it, and that's one of my favorites. Like, yeah, wow! I was behind the desk for five hundred thousand people. That's incredible, and that 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 was epic for me. So I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And, wow. it was, and it was for, you know, again, a, a good cause. You know, SARS was you know, killing a lot of people. Not as many as what, you know, COVID has, but it was still wearing people out. And uh, so those are probably a couple of the, the moments where I sit back and look like, wow, this is, I, I'm really here. This is me yeah. behind yeah. These, this massive PA and, and, at the, and at the controls. Incredible. Incredible. 500,000. That's nuts, man. Yeah. That's not. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, it was PA for days, people everywhere, and literally, it was on an Air Force base in Canada. I forgot the, the name of the base, but man. it was it was a it was an epic day. Yeah, it sounds it. It really sounds it, man. Okay, yeah, yeah that's incre- that's incredible. It sounds like uh, yeah, some nice some nice moments, some nice memories uh, from mm-hmm. from your career there, man. Um, now, I guess what have you got planned for the rest of the year, Carl? I know you said you've got you know you've had a, you've had a fair busy few weeks got, and you've you got a lot yeah, of stuff then, lined uh, up then, right yeah we close the year out with the usher residency in vegas um we go we i did usher we we usher's residency was like the first big thing in vegas post pandemic mm. um so he killed it he smashed he hit, he hit record numbers with that so it's on a little hiatus and we pick back up um matter of fact our first show is december 23rd okay. um Two, two days before Christmas, and then we bring in the new year with him, and uh, that's pretty much where that is. Actually, bring in a new year, new year with Usher, and I have to do Lizzo as well. <laughs> I'm proud, you know. So we, I got to figure that one out. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, you know, we're all over the place. So 
Yeah, that's yeah. just how it is right now. And it's great to be back working hard like we are. And, you know, I hope it continues, you know, without being shut down. I don't see us ever being shut down again like it was. But, you know, with all the mandates, everybody, you know, getting vaccinated and, you know, staying healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think we're going to be back strong and stronger than it's ever been for a while. Mm. You know, again, the, the, the industry is, is barring a few little ways of changing what they call the new normal, which I'm tired of hearing. Yeah. Like the new normal is <laughs> that's what it is. But it's going to... um. But everybody's everybody's touring hard, and you know gear and 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 and, and good crew are going to be hard to find in the in the very near future. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, man. I don't think we'll. Um, I can't see us going into to back to how things were. You know, everyone's kind of pulling together now, and um, the the industry is just getting back on its feet, which is obviously fantastic. Mm-hmm. So um yeah i mean that's dope man it's it's great to hear that you've that you've got you know all these plans um because it was a tough time and you know it just sounds like you've bounced back uh fully and um and it's just yeah there's lots to look forward to which is which is great oh yeah it's gonna be, it's, a, it's, a, it's gonna be a good ride coming up and i'm glad i'm here for it yeah man yeah that's that's cool that's cool carl thank you so much for your time man it's been a it's been a real pleasure chatting thank you well, it's been a pleasure talking with you, sir. Thank you very much. You take care of yourself and uh, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Best of luck with rehearsals. All right, buddy. Thank you much. Cheers, man. Bye now. Bye-bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.